This is the Winning Plays Podcast on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider for the NBA's winningest franchise. All right, Winning Plays is back in the Celtics season. It's here, and they are 1-0 to start the year after, a, I don't know if it was a dominant win on opening night over the Philadelphia 76ers. Tim McCone of 98 Fabulous Sports Up, who joins us today here. But um, I'm trying to, I'll, I'll leave this. There's many good things to talk about for that night. So I'll, I'll throw it in your court here. Like what, what stood out to you the most? Like what, or what matters the most when you, when you come out of that game with a, against a perennial contender, I feel like everyone was kind of really building up around the league entering this season for remaking their supporting cast. But it was like, no, the Celtics pretty much just took care of business there. Like they seemingly always do against them. Yeah, I'm with you. Look, I was high on the 76ers coming into this year, and that's not to say that I'm like now totally writing them off after after one game. Um, that being said, uh, there was just so much positive momentum for the Celtics coming into this season, it felt like, that went completely sideways starting about a month ago when all of a sudden Gallinari goes down with ACL. Uh, obviously, Robert Williams and the injury issues there, not being ready for the start of the season, then obviously the head coaching situation uh, for the Celtics uh, too. So you had all you coming off a finals run, you know, two big signings. And then all of a sudden it felt like uh, this thing kind of went sideways for the Celtics a little bit there. And I thought this was a statement win uh, for a team early on in the season, like you said, against a, a team that I think is going to be in the mix and at the top of the Eastern conference or, or certainly one of the teams at the top of the Eastern conference and the 76ers. Uh, so I was impressed. And, and one of my big takeaways too, is that uh, I hope this kind of uh, puts to bed any thoughts that, you know, this team is going to backslide a little bit in terms of being inconsistent. Uh, my big takeaway is that it felt like last year, a lot of this stuff got unlocked in January uh, because of Robert Williams and on the defensive end. And for me, the fact of the matter is you had two guys and Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum were obviously the pillars of this franchise uh, taking care of business in an impressive fashion uh, and doing it without Robert Williams, who I thought was really an X factor uh, for the Celtics in the second half of the year and certainly in the postseason, even though he wasn't uh, 100%. So the fact that they were able to do that without Robert Williams, uh, take on one of the top teams in the Eastern Conference and look the way they did without a full roster, impressive stuff, impressive stuff. And to me, uh, the bench, the fact that you have a guy like Brogdon coming off the bench is going to be a difference maker as well. And if if uh, Grant Williams uh, can play like that, he's going to get paid at the end of this year. So, so, so we'll see what happens there too. But overall, I was impressed by the fact that they could do that against a team like the 76ers uh, without Robert Williams in the lineup. Yeah, the cue to screenshot of Grant Williams' agent like fist pumping yeah. <laughs> like yes. after every three way and then get like let's go let's go yeah. let's go yep. <laughs> yeah but like, you know like let, let's start here with i think tatum and brown and the, the the stat i'm going back at now i'm looking at um and just with the way they played and i think some of this is just the the style now under joe mazula and the, the the fact that rob williams is out it's like okay like we're not gonna have the dominant defense with rob out but we will be able to run like hell Yep. And if if we're going to go fully embrace the small ball five with Horford playing center and Derek White out there, like, guess what, guys? Like, if you guys just run all game long and you have the conditioning, like, you will get easy buckets. And the numbers for Tatum and Brown in this game from two-point range were staggering. Yeah. Like, you look at Tatum, he was 11 of 13 from two-point range. Jalen was 8 of 12. So, and a lot of those were just layups. It's like, it's all like you have a good game from your range. Like if, if these guys can get to the rim like that against, you know, uh, Joel Embiid as the last line of defense here, it's like, they're going to be putting up points this year. 
Uh, no question about it. I think it's a great point by you, too. Also, I mean, Tatum did have a bit of a mid-range game goal. I was like, I felt like saying in the middle of this game, like, it is 2022. And we're, we're not supposed to be seeing some of this stuff that, that Tatum was pulling off. But he was effective uh, in the mid-range, no question about it. And like you said, too, if you can attack the rim with a guy like Joel Embiid there, and again, if you can have that performance uh, with Noah Vonley playing 20 minutes for you uh, against Joel Embiid as well, uh, you're certainly going to take that as a win. But, but I think it's interesting the fact that you mentioned uh, the small ball lineup there too because you look at this roster, there's no question right now with the Gallinari obviously uh, done and then Robert Williams out, uh, you're going to have to go a lot smaller than what you want here too. Um, and the fact that it was effective the way it was in, in game one certainly is, a, uh, is a, certainly a check uh, in the right column for the Boston Celtics, no doubt about it. I am going to be interested to see also just how they – monitor Al Horford throughout the season too because mm. one of the things that they were watching here is yeah he was great in the postseason last year but let's not forget too he kind of had a red shirt year uh the year prior being in Oklahoma City getting that shut down so came into last year a lot fresher than what he is coming off of a huge playoff run like uh uh he had last year so so something to monitor I think for sure uh when you talk about kind of the lack of front court depth for the Boston Celtics yeah that's a it's gonna be a sneaky storyline through the first half of the year when with Rob out and I think we got a preview, like I was talking to Forsberg last week and we were just doing like over-unders for minutes for Al. And I think I put it at like 27 or something like that. And I was like under, like they're, yeah. they have to like, I think they want to try to bay him down at 25. And then in this game, you saw, I mean, like he got into foul trouble earlier there, but he sat a lot of the second half until like very late. And it's good that they're just going to try to get away with that as much as they can. And yes, I didn't, you know. It was surprising for them to be able to do it in this game. Noah Vonley, I think sh- he had a pretty rough start, but then kind of just like figured it out and held his own enough once they started stopped fouling every two seconds. Um, but if they can just piecemeal together behind him and just have so much other scoring strength where it's like, okay, Al, like, you know, we're going to play 25 minutes a game and we're going to give you the back to backs off and we're going to try to just keep you down as much as possible until we get some reinforcements here. I think that's going to be just as crucial to, you know, their long-term success here because they're, they're obviously going to need out in a big way. They just, you, you don't want them to, to deal with any type of injury that pop, pops up this early in the year at this point. No, like, like you said, you're trying to get by early in the start of the season, right. And make sure that you have a fresh aloe for, for the postseason because make no mistake about it. This team, I mean, certainly we, no surprise. They have the potential to make a deep playoff run here coming off of a finals run, but you watch that performance uh, in game one, the way that Brogdon looked again, uh, just super efficient and just gives you something that you didn't have off the bench uh, last year. There's no doubt about that. It's the fit there. I mean, it's really not like he tortured the Celtics for years, I feel like, yeah. in Milwaukee. And now yeah. you just, he kind of, not phase into obscurity, but, you know, the last couple of years, the Pacers, they just stunk. And you'd, you'd see him twice a year and that'd be all you worry about here. But now, not just from a Celtics perspective, but Brogdon's probably just like, wow, this is like, I get to be on a second unit and usually playing with one of Tatum and Brown. And so I'm not going to be seeing the other team's best defender every night now. So he just must be, you know, frothing at the mouth here. Be like, oh man, this is just like, I can just drive all I want. And like, they're not going to worry about me that much. This is going to be great. Yeah, no, no question. Uh, any surprises for you for the Celtics uh, in that first game? I mean... Vonley was a, definitely a surprise as the first yeah. game off the bench. And yeah. I guess, I mean, he's what? I mean, Luke Cornett, I feel like at this point, he's coming off an ankle injury. So my guess with them, it's like, okay, we're just going to give that an extra couple weeks here. And they've been hyping him up all summer internally, but I don't think that, um, you know, you want, okay, 
you're ready to go. Okay, here, go, go deal with Embiid here. And then beyond that, like the, the Kevin Gelly, you know, train has kind of gone off the tracks the last few weeks as he did clearly you're like, oh, you're not as good as Vonley here, but I don't know, like until further notice here, I, I expect him to trade for a center down the line. Um, and I expect there's gonna be some nights where Blake Griffin's just going to be the backup center. Cause they want to just go smaller lamps when they can against smaller front courts. But you know, Vonley seems serviceable, which is a pretty big shock for a guy who's over in China last year. I feel like. Yeah. I mean, look, a former top 10 pick, right? Went, went ninth to, I was all, I was all in on Vaughn, like coming out of Indiana, which again is probably why I'm on this podcast and not a general manager uh, in the NBA. Cause I, I definitely had a lot of Noah Vaughn, my stock uh, coming out of uh, Indiana. Uh, but like you said too, to make the transition now, uh, well after that point um, and to come back from China and give you 20 minutes. I mean, for a guy that we found out made the roster, what, like 72 hours before the, uh, the start of the season. Uh, that's certainly a nice addition. Yeah, no question. Do do we think? Are you a believer in Blake Griffin? Do no. we just no? Are you were you out in this sign when it even happened? Is this something where you're like, hopefully when everyone comes back we don't see him? Like, or are you at the point now where you're like, give me, give me Luke Cornett over uh, Blake Griffin when he's healthy? You know, it started probably a few years ago, and I kind of throw Blake Griffin into this bucket where I, nobody like got more hyped up for like the buyout market in like the second half. <laughs> yeah, right, two years ago. Yep. Yeah, because you're like you know you just see all these big names that you remember, and what you don't you do you keep forgetting is that these guys haven't been able to play in like five years. They're just you know names that you remember from back in the day that that carry some weight, and so um, you know for every PJ Brown that kind of makes a difference back in 08, you also get. Uh, you know, plenty of guys like Stefan Marbury or someone like that. Come, Troy Murphy. Coming in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Another guy I was jacked up about. And so for Blake Griffin, that kind of, I throw him in that, uh, in that category too, where yeah, huge name, no doubt about it. Uh, but do I think he's going to ultimately give you a lot? No, no, I'm not overly excited. I think that he's going to be a difference maker between a, uh, a banner 18 and a, and a first round exit or something like that. No, no, no shot. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it's going to be, I mean, it's just one game here, but I'm really fascinated to see the how they hand out these bench minutes for Joe Mozula here. And we'll get to him in a second here just to talk about, you know, his debut and what he, what we can kind of look for for him going forward. But you had Hauser, three minutes. And yeah. I think some of that is matchup dependent there. But again, when, when Blake's playing over him more, that's, I think, a little bit of a surprise. Um, yeah. Peyton Pritchard, straight up DNP, um, which... You feel for a guy, you know, you know, wait all last season. He he turns it around the second half of the year when he gets an opportunity is a big part of your run of the finals, even though he had a really rough finals. But you you, you saw you saw this preseason when he's like he's closing out all those games in the fourth quarter. I'm like, this is not a good sign for his like no. in the rotation. And then lo and behold, he's just not in it right now. Uh, look, that's the one I kind of wanted to hit on too when we talked about surprises because I don't think it's necessarily a surprise. You can kind of see it coming that in yeah. terms of minutes, there was going to be an issue for Peyton Pritchard. But at the same time, uh, for a guy that was playing significant minutes during that playoff run, man, I just know my personality. I, I wouldn't feel great about getting DNP'd uh, at this stage uh, either. So you kind of talk about trades moving forward too. I, I think it's going to be interesting to see if maybe he's one of those guys that maybe you know ultimately is someone that they're comfortable moving on from. Uh, because it just doesn't feel like right now uh, there's a huge opportunity or a need for him based on the rest of the roster. Yeah, it's it feels like there's going to be at least he's going to be trade bait. Like you don't yeah. if they want to make a, a serious move and they have they have this 
Gallinari, you know, his salary essentially, which, yep. you know, he, they could bring him back for next year, but if they need to make a move, like that's there to at least get you there. But then it's like, that doesn't have any value, obviously for a guy with turning ACL. So it's like, you have draft picks or you have like a, a young intriguing role, please. Like, like Pritchard and who knows? I mean, maybe it's a situation now where Al Horford's going to have nights off and maybe you go super small in those nights. And, but I, I just wondered like, Oh, are they going to really lean into the going super small and just like play a bunch of three guard lineups with like Pritchard and white and maybe even Brogdon coming off the bench here. But Missoula and the staff clearly like they, they want to see some size out there. Yeah. And at this point, like at least in this opening matchup, like he's, He's not in there, which again, just brutal for Pritchard. It's I don't I don't know what to like. I know he dealt it last year, but you thought that you know you probably saw all these trades this summer. And it's like oh crap, like this is yeah, hell yeah, this hurts yeah yeah yeah. Um, Grant Williams, we touched on him a little bit earlier too. He's kind of added some sneakiness to his game. I feel like offensively now that we saw a flash of it during the preseason, but for him to be showing off this dribble drive stuff like how much do you feel like that changes his upside as a as a player here and does do you feel like he should even be starting at this point is there a case to be made for him to be like hey if he you know if you want to go double big here get him in there yeah i i think that's absolutely on the table and yeah it just feels like you know you want to talk about a draft pick too by the way that uh you know you go back and you look at Ainge and everyone talking about how I know he nailed Tatum and Brown, but look at all these misses in the draft. And, and there's two things involved with that, right? Number one, if you have a late first round pick or a pick in the 20s, very rarely is that actually going to turn into something of value. And the second thing is that Grant Williams is uh, just a, a home run pick uh, by Ainge and the Celtics uh, at that point, because that's a guy that just continued to develop, continued to develop, continued to add to his game. And now you're looking at a guy that can be absolutely be a key was a key contributor last year, but now it feels like could take that next step forward too, like you said. And if it continues to play and kind of flash the way he has, then he made the right decision because he's going to, uh, he's going to cash in uh, as a restricted free agent at the end of the season. Yeah. That the, I'm not shocked that they didn't reach an extension there since um, the Celtics, I feel like they're pretty committed with money already for next year. So they probably don't want to, you know, add more on top of that um, this early. But from Grant's perspective, he probably sees this year as like, this is a huge opportunity because with the Rob injury, with the Gallinari yeah. injury, like they're going to need him minimum 25, probably 30 minutes yep. a night. And so if he thinks he added a lot to his game, like that's where, that's where you get paid is you put no up for the numbers. Um, all right, let's get into Missoula in a second here, but first let's hear from our sponsor bet online football seasons back and bet online remains your number one source for all your football betting needs this year. Find your latest odds, football odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online as it's your continued source for all sports wagering info, including live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. Also, the fast and easy way to bet on your, all your favorite sports and events. Obviously, the NBA season being back, MLB playoffs, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. So head on over to Bet Online to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure you use the promo code CONS50 to receive your rewards. Bet Online where the game starts. Joe Mazzula. Pretty fun debut for him. Got the water bath in the locker room. It's kind of funny when they're giving this guy a water bath. You're like, oh, man. And he's like, Al Horford's giving him water. He's two years older than this guy. Yeah. Uh, your new yeah. head coach. But he uh, took it like a champ. Um, what's the biggest thing that stood out for you in terms of like his coaching style here, if anything, out of, out of this game or even the preseason going forward here? 
Look, I just, I think his personality is exactly what this team needs, uh, to be honest with you. And so uh, a bit of a backstory, I used to work in uh, Rhode Island at NBC uh, for five years. And obviously he's from Rhode Island and his family's kind of Rhode Island basketball royalty, right? So his uh, brother went to George Washington to play and then ultimately wound up at Vermont. And his dad is a, uh, uh, was a Rhode Island legend. Uh, as well, his dad was uh, uh, played at Bryant and was uh, was very well known. So uh, he plays, he played, I should say, at West Virginia. If you guys remember those teams, those those Huggins teams in the uh, you know the late two thousands, early two thousand tens, they were just kind of like punch you in the mouth. Uh, we're here, and uh, this is kind of who we are, and that's kind of the way that he's played throughout his career. And I, I think that that mindset too. Uh, is certainly something that this team, uh, which we've seen in years prior, could kind of be passive and not super engaged. That's just not his personality. And so uh, I think that that's going to be a nice fit in kind of what this group needs. And that's what I'm excited about uh, when it comes to Missoula. Like you said, too, just the small ball lineups and the possibilities here with this roster and the way that it's currently constituted, I think is exciting, too. And I'm excited to see kind of how they continue to evolve here at the start of the season, because I think we saw it last year with MA too, trying some things out figuring some stuff out. And I think Missoula is going to do that with this roster here over the next uh, few weeks to, to start the season. So I think that's kind of a wait and see thing, but I just think personality wise, that's exactly what this group needs. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. It seems like from that point in terms of that's something that Ime was doing to a good person to take the torch on that front, like, and yeah. maintain that and bring it up. And then, yeah, the, as far as like the, the mentality and the, the guard standpoint, I feel like it is kind of, this is a type of team that, it's valuable to have a guard as a coach to be like, Hey guys, we need better offense. Like yeah. if you run fast, if you actually like run some sets, like I feel like there really wasn't a lot of isolation, like clunkiness in that opening game. And we'll see, I mean, it's just one game here. Well, they have a, some tougher tests coming up. They go back to Miami on Friday night here. They play a, you know, a Chicago team on Monday night that surprised the heat down there too. So there'll be some intriguing matchups there, but if they just get away from that stuff and like really embrace this mentality, which it seems like they've done during this, this preseason in this opening week here, like that, that could open the door to a lot for this team um, and really extend the amount of ways they can play effectively um, when Rob Williams gets back. Because I feel like last year they kind of, they found the right formula, but playing super small was never a formula that, that worked well for them, especially like early in the year. No, no, it's a great point. And I just, I, I'm excited and look, it's only one game, but just didn't feel like this team's going to backslide anymore. And obviously we know Tatum and Brown uh, have gotten to a point now where they're set. Look, Jason Tatum was first team all NBA, right? Like he's the definition of established. Uh, but I just think now they're is at sneaky a point MVP where... is MVP talk for Tatum. Is that like, are you, how, how, where are you putting him in your MVP rankings right now? Like, look, MVP is tough, man. MVP. is. is? Oh yeah. But like, <laughs> yeah. What, what, give me your odds for like, realistically for the full season here. Like what's where, do you put if you had to be like all right is he within the top five top ten like of realistically being able to do it like where do you feel like he could actually you know sustain this kind of level that we saw so let me say this it, over at 98.5 the sports that we have two betting guys the bankroll boys dan lifshatz and joe murray they're fantastic i am not one of those guys i started betting right out of school i think i lost my first 11 bets ever and i've, I've never <laughs> done it since so i'm not i'm not the guy that you want to talk to when it comes to odds I'll say this for me, Tatum's in the top 10 though. 
I think he's a top 10 MVP candidate. Um, but I just look across the landscape of the NBA and there are going to be other guys, whether it's Luca. I just think, you know, this team has enough pieces here and obviously he's going to be the leader of it, but there are going to be nights where uh, Jalen kind of goes off and, and um, you know, other people maybe, uh, you know, carry that torch a little bit. So I think first team all NBA uh, could definitely happen again. Um, but, and that would be a hell of an accomplishment, right? So like if Kevin Durant stays healthy uh, this year and Jason Tatum still first team in all NBA, that's a huge accomplishment for Jason Tatum. And, uh, but I think, you know, more to the point too, both of those guys are established. And I think this team's established. Like, I don't think you're going to see a backside anymore. I think that they've arrived as uh, kind of a perennial power here for as long as both Jalen and Jason Tatum are on this roster. Yeah. It's that finding out that formula and having it transfer over to this year was going to be a little bit of a question mark, but I think that the way they looked in the preseason, the way they looked in that opening night against the real opponent, um, I think it, it makes the fact, okay, like they're not going to have to like slug through, you know, 500 or just over 500 till Rob gets back. It's like, no, we can just kind of take your time, Rob. Like yeah. we can do this and it'll be, you'll just be a luxury. Hopefully whenever December, January, whenever he gets back into the fold here. Um, Isn't it funny, by the way, we spent so I've done so I can't I can't count how many shows I've done with you, uh, Rob, over the years. And we've spent so much time talking about like, all right, who who could potentially be that that star that the Celtics kind of bring in to, to put over the top or even stars that they acquired? Whether yeah. it's Kyrie, Kemba, Gordon Hayward, all of these guys, like what's the formula? What's the formula? And it turns out it really was you know, <laughs> just draft two guys Ooh. which again i don't i don't think you can under like oversell how impressive it is to oh. walk away with two like franchise cornerstone players out of with the number 3 pick in jalen and then obviously dropping back and taking tatum and those two guys blossoming them into two guys that can lead you to a finals and potentially a championship is just it's ridiculous but it's funny how much time we spent and ultimately the two guys that are going to do it were on your roster the whole time right it is nuts through all yeah. the, those sliding doors moments and all those opportunities to move them. Like this is even this freaking past summer when the Durant stuff came up, it's like, yeah. and back then you had the vast, vast majority of the Celtics fan base. I feel like was saying, Nope, like don't even consider moving Jalen. And then, you know, the way he's come out this season, these last few weeks already is like, okay, yeah, this yeah. is a guy that, you know, he's obviously playing for, not to just get back to an all-star level, but to get back to something even, you know, beyond that potentially yeah. um, with his potential extension coming up for him this summer. Um, all right, let's, let's close out here. Let's bounce around the league a little bit. We uh recording this on Thursday. So pretty much every team has been in action here, short of the, uh, the Clippers and the Bucks so far. Um, we got to hit on the, the Nets real quick. Uh, since that, you know, getting, getting their doors blown off at home by the Pelicans to open the season. It's a, uh, I mean, you look at that, you look at the Heat losing at home to the, the Bulls and all these, you know, the East would look like to be like, oh, this is going to be a, a huge collection of juggernauts here. And now you wonder like, okay, they're are like the teams that have dysfunction or the teams that just might be getting old. Like, are they showing themselves early here? Yeah. I mean, look, the Nets uh, to me, <laughs> it's just nobody was smiling more yesterday uh, because I've just been uh, pounding the table coming off the off season that the Nets did. All right. Uh, Kyrie was Kyrie, right? And yeah. we thought he was probably out the door. You had Kevin Durant ask for a trade, not only ask for a trade, but publicly get leaked that he wants uh, both Sean Marks and Steve Nash gone. Both of those guys 
by the way, are back on top of the fact that both Kevin Durant, uh, Kyrie Irving, throw Ben Simmons into the mix as well and everything that's going on there too. And I just don't know like how you could sit there with all those distractions and go, oh, this team's just going to suddenly figure it out and they're going to be a fine. No, there's going to be issues with that. There's no way that that mix. And maybe they get hot here. Maybe they they start out winning. Uh, maybe they, you know, coming off of uh, last night, they win 10 in a row. Fine, whatever. I'm still not going to buy it. There's no way you can sell me on this team sticking together for a full season uh, with the mix that they currently have and think that they're suddenly going to be in the mix. I just, I just don't buy it, and I can't wait to see uh, what, what shoe drops next because something is going to happen with one of those guys. Make no mistake about it. And, and no, I have not bought into the Nets as a uh, true contender in the Eastern Conference this year, and I will not buy into the Nets as a true contender. Uh, this season, that was my big takeaway. I mean, come on, uh, Joe Harris, Joe Harris, Seth Curry, Seth Curry. Yeah, yeah. Don't need to come <laughs> yeah. back here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I think it's really good. like it's like you you can't escape the fact. I think beyond the the dysfunction stuff you mentioned, of all those guys involved, it's like there's no one in this team that plays defense, yeah. and you have a, a like if and then with the 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 turmoil and the drama with like the like they still the Steve Nash situation there, like he's not going to get this team playing defense all of a sudden. And so that's just a problem you're not going to be able to solve, I feel like. And whether Kyrie just like plays his way out of town, where they're yeah. like, okay, he's going to leave anyway. So it's like, just like trade him now and hopefully try to like free us of that or whether that alienates Dorian even more. But for the people that are like, oh, I don't know, look out for Brooklyn here. I'm with you. It's just like a situation here where I think there's too, like, too much for to overcome for them to like get themselves out of this. Yeah, I just don't I just don't buy it, like you said defensively too. But then you know, I'll see tweets like, Oh, you know, I'll tell you what though, but you know, Kyrie's he's gotta play, you know, contract. I'm like, were you not in Boston for <laughs> yeah, right, I know. contract year? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Yeah, ridiculous. Absolutely even, ridiculous. Even though he probably realizes now that like, listen, like you're not getting the max from anyone anymore. <laughs> no. If you did this, like who's gonna like who's gonna give it to him? Like I guess the Lakers, if they're like that desperate, but I think the Lakers can look at what they looked like opening day and be like, is Kyrie going to really solve our problems here? Like, right. Right. Yeah. You, you hesitate to that, but it's that that's a situation to watch other. I mean, we got to talk about the jazz coming in. Uh, Will Hardy trying himself fired by uh, blowing <laughs> out the uh, supposedly contending nuggets uh, on opening night there. Um, this, this is, is this going to be 2013 Celtics all over again, where where Brad Stevens, in the with Will Hardy playing his role is just going to be winning too much of a, a bunch of uh, cast offs here. Uh, I'll tell you what. I mean, like, look, you have some wiggle room now with the new draft odds, right? Because isn't it like the top four have fourteen percent? So, so, so maybe you can sneak in a couple uh, of wins like that. But yeah, make no mistake about it. Uh, Danny Ainge is probably going to make sure that that doesn't happen too frequently, right? Like, you you got to get in that top four because uh, I don't know if you're a buyer in uh, in Victor, but man, I'll, I'll tell you what. Some of the stuff you I watch, I don't get it. It doesn't. It breaks my brain watching him play. Uh, it's insane. So you absolutely want to be in the mix, and uh, Utah certainly wants to be in the mix for that number one pick uh, this year. So yeah, I, I'm sure that was a uh, nice way to start the year. But what was it? Uh, I'm trying to remember the 76ers. It was that one year when they started out. I think it was three and zero, and then they wound up. That's with, right. Like, I forget yeah, one, right? they're probably like so, miss- 15 wins. Yeah, so it's yeah, yeah, early yeah. here. So, yeah, maybe you get something like that, but yeah, that was a uh, it was a nice start for uh, for for his coaching career, no doubt. Yeah, so that's that's a fun situation to keep an eye on there, um, especially on the heels of uh, the. Did you see the story that Wick Grosbeck said that uh, Danny tried to steal Joe Mazzulla too this summer, 
as I think a so, top assistant for Royal Hardy, and uh, that got that got shut down. Which uh, yeah, that's a good, good that's a good thing too. Yeah, seriously. I think that's probably it. Probably was they probably had an idea and investigation was going on at that point. So that's I think that was a, yeah. a pretty savvy move by the uh, yeah. the, the front office. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well. Uh, anyway, yeah. What else? Anything else yeah, so around league last those, night? And then, uh, I know we were texting last night about the Pelicans, and and obviously you know I think everyone coming off of last year and then adding Zion thinks that they're going to be frisky. But watching Zion, I mean, the guy is a moose. He's just he's huge, but uh, yeah, that that that's going to be one of those teams that you're going to want to watch a lot of uh, uh, this season for sure. Um, and then, like you said too, it's going to be interesting to see how the rest of this uh, Eastern Conference uh, shakes out with the Celtics and everything like that. I, I still do kind of buy the Seventy Sixers uh, a little bit, um, but but we'll see kind of how everything uh, everything shakes out here moving forward. But it's just nice to actually have basketball back, no question. It is. And I think like the Sixers, you look at their line. I mean, Maxi looks really good. Yeah. The bench pieces, you know, they're they're not nothing special, but they, they should help. And I just think honestly the Celtics are a really terrible matchup for them. Yeah. In general, because I just did, you know, PJ Tucker is not gonna be able to guard Tatum or Brown like effectively for you know thirty plus minutes in these games. So I expect them to, you know, destroy plenty of other inferior teams around the league, but I just don't think until further notice, like what you know. Harden looked a little bit better last night too, but he still he did. Oh, but yeah. still the defense is just like that. Yeah. Those wars just don't go away when it matters. So until something else changes there, they get him some you know some real defenders around him. Like I I, I just don't fully buy them as a contender. Yeah. All right, well Celtics coming up three game road trip this weekend at Chicago, at Miami, at Orlando. Uh, really big night. Did you see Ben Cheryl's opening night there? Like, look I out. I was say, Powell, I'll tell you what, showing you why he was the number one pick, right? So, no, that's a, that's another one of those teams you kind of want to check out with some of the young pieces that they have uh, on that roster. But, yeah, what was it? I think he had 27 yeah. uh, last night. So, yeah, we'll see. Uh, uh, not a Duke guy, so I'm not necessarily rooting for him by any stretch of the imagination, <laughs> but he was, uh, he was impressive. He was impressive. No, that will be, be fun to watch uh, on Saturday night because usually watching the Magic is not really a – fun watching <laughs> no, in general appointment viewing yeah, <laughs> not yeah, appointment yeah, viewing yeah, in general. Sure. so sure. but all right tim mccone make sure you're following him on twitter at tim underscore mccone check him out obviously regularly on 98.5 the sports hub and we'll be back with you guys next week to break down what this team looks like after their first road trip of the year